Play. What's up, guys? Welcome to yet another tech show, yetanothertechshow.com. Yats, joining me tonight. Ant, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Matt? Larry, what's going on, sir? I'm here for the podcast. Mike Rothman, what's up? I'm just glad to have made it another week and another Yats. This is great. Episode three, we're starting to get more things put together. You guys can email the crew at yetanothertechshow.com if you have questions, comments, anything like that. And there's a comment form on the site also. Uh, so check it out. And we're in iTunes. Did we mention that? So subscribe, write us reviews, and all that. Uh, what do we want to start with tonight? Some home theater discussion? That's always an interesting topic as the technology evolves. You have I a- say that because Mike yeah. seemed to have a very interesting setup there, and I really wanted to dig into that and hear a little more about it. Yeah, Mike, why don't you walk us through your uh, home theater? Yeah, I can do that. I, I got into... Uh, Windows Media Center, and about the time Vista came out, uh, dabbled a little with it in XP days, and then really seriously in Vista. And for about the last two years, I've been running a home theater PC in the living room with a, you know, connected to a big screen TV, little tiny device. The device itself includes a uh, a Blu-ray player built in, so the device is not much bigger, really, than the Blu-ray Blu-ray player case. Uh, but it includes a full Intel computer, and it includes uh, uh, Windows uh, Windows Seven runs Windows Seven and Windows Media Center. So that that then sits on a home network, and on the home network, I also have a server that serves up recorded television recorded by Windows Media Center, as well as movies or um, CDs or photographs that I've stored on the server. So, the mo- so your, server has, your server has like a, a video card, not a video card, a, um, what do you call it, a PVR? A, a tuner, TV tuner. TV tuner? Yeah, right. so it's not quite on the server. The TV tuner exists as a as its own device on the network. Is that like an old, I used to have an old ATI tuner. It was USB and then the other side was coax. And you could, you basically took your cable right out of the wall and it went into that. And then it had special software from ATI that would, you know, capture the, the live yeah. TV. And then you could, you know, encode it into, into whatever. Yeah, that's exactly the idea. These TV tuners, the networked generation of Wait, TV Mike, tuners. Mike, I'm, I'm a little lost. Let me stop you a sec. The, yeah. the thing that's running Windows 7 that's as big as a, a DVD player, Yeah, that's got the tuner in it? Is that what you're saying? No. no. that That is a full Windows computer, just very small, in a very small case. The TV tuner is its own device that sits on the... Uh, we have a wired network at home, 
it sits as a node on that wired network. So it's plugged into okay. the wired network, and it's also plugged into the uh, cable service from Comcast, the provider in our neighborhood. Gotcha. And that TV tuner serves up two channels of video to any PC connected on the network. So, Mike, so, where's mm -hmm. the majority of your content is you're not a cord cutter per se. A lot of it is coming from the cable connection, but not over the Internet. You're getting legitimate television from the cable company, right? Yeah, that's right. And that's uh, actually that's the final problem to solve. We don't watch a ton of HBO and similar kinds of video. We we tend to watch off the air news and PBS shows and things like that. So you would use a but, Netflix or something like that for your movies supplement, or what are you using for your for your movie consumption? Oh, in these days, Netflix or Amazon streaming, or I've tried the Google Google streaming service as well. They're they're all good. They all work. You know, I just it's read a, that Google just inked a deal with who was it Paramount or something, and they're going to get like a whole bunch of new titles coming really soon to the Play Store for the for the movie selection, which is huge yeah, for them. I think in where they're at right now. That's good news because. Paramount clearly has a big portfolio. Of yeah, movies absolutely. So would you so, say that... Oh, go ahead. So the deal about this is we live in an area where cable, where uh, antenna reception would not be very favorable for us. So the only, we simply have the basic uh, Comcast package of services to get essentially the broadcast channels mm -hmm. delivered to us. And then we distribute those channels to all the computers in the house using this this cable uh, cable tuner, and the media center controls the playback of any of that media in the living room. I have a question. How's your yeah. how's your network latency at like eight o'clock at night when you're trying to stream high quality television to like four different computers in the house like do you notice an effect on that at all you know the network we put in two years ago and so the the wiring and it's cables all, are all new it's all gigabit there are, there are oh, yes it's all gigabit oh, okay that cool there are only two of us uh judith and myself that live here we occasionally will have a house guest that is doing some streaming or something like that but we've never really seen latency problem. The key to latency turns out to be a server that can keep the media coming off of the server and streaming through the network sufficiently rapidly enough. Right. So you want to have a processor and enough memory in the server so that the server can handle as many uh, processes as it needs to in the course of the night's entertainment. You know, I've, I had looked into doing a home theater PC a while back and it just seems like um, you have to deal with different aesthetics and whatnot as far as what the case looks like and how it's going to fit into your, your, your media center and so forth as well as uh, you know how loud is it you know because it's got to have a fan on it and if it's doing any type of uh, like transcoding and so forth on it but it doesn't sound like you're doing anything like that you're getting all of the transcoding and, and processing all on your server 
and it's just reading it, you know. So it really didn't have to be a powerful machine for you, right? Yeah, this is this is a two-year-old Intel. I've forgotten the processor, but it's a kind of mid-range processor. I think it's Uh got, I think it's got three uh, gigs of memory. And really, it's just a pass-through system, right? It's simply an interface for a USB tuner at that point. Yeah, more or less. It's it's running the Windows operating system and the uh, Windows Media Center software overlay. So it's running some applications, but it's it's not a major drain on the system by any means. And the, the, that processor stays quiet. It's you know, uh, Dell sells the, this box today, essentially this box today for, I'm going to say, five, in the range of $500. I haven't looked recently. Uh, it's their Dell Zeos line, something like that. It's very small mm-hmm. processor meant for, really meant for a home theater application. You don't really want to put a big box, obviously, in your living room. So the key to this is something small or something you can really thoroughly hide. So, Mike, now that you've gone through all this, like, is there anything you would recommend or anything you've really learned that you, you would pass on to other people who maybe want to try to, to maybe make the, the computer their, the center of their, their home media system? Well, I think allow, you know, probably there's some tips that, you're going to see in any environment. One is to leave yourself enough storage that turns out between recording movies and recording TV series. And yeah, things it like burns that that quick. And the disk storage really mounts up. That's the advantage of having a server, ideally one where you can add incremental disk drives to a pool of disk storage. Yeah, you would want like a big rack or something. You could just swap drives like on the go if you needed to or something and just have terabyte slots just filled up. (laughs) That'd be great. Yeah, exactly. And then just be prepared to spend some time. The the sort of critical factor is the wife acceptance factor. If (laughs) if you've got a device at home, it's got to be something that the wife and family can use without uh, being computer nerd. I can just hear like, Michael, where's the remote? How do you work yeah. this thing? <laughs> you, got, you got it, Matt. That is exactly the problem. And you know, it only takes one or two stumbles uh, when the family's all gathered around ready to watch, uh, you know, an evening's television and the computer crashes. Oh, yeah. When you've got, when you've got egg on your face. So Hold you, on, guys. Let me troubleshoot real quick. <laughs> like, yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, plug in the <laughs> TV. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get out of my way. So you, you've got you've to keep the system in the living room fairly functional, uh, fairly simple. If you think you want to load it up with a bunch of different browsers and a bunch of different applications right. and 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 specialty apps, uh, not so much in your production television center for the living room. So keep it simple, plenty of storage, and go slow in introducing it to the wife and family so that they they get kind of become accustomed to it. 
Sure, and it depends too on your use case. Like, so the my setup is uh, is much more simpler than than what you have there. But I have you know a, a screen with a computer to it with a movie player, basically. Like that's yeah. and that's all I need for it because it's just me, you know. So if you have a family in different rooms with TVs, like obviously it's going to be a little different to set up than than just a little torrent box. <laughs> But, <laughs> all right. Um, well, any, any other comments on that, Larry or Ant? Um, I what we do, yeah, we each see. I have a way simpler life. I have uh, two TVs with the Roku's hooked up to them. Roku's are good. Uh, and um, and I've got a a uh, Google TV hooked up to one. So one of them's got two guys hooked up to it, which is, I guess, modern which, living. Which Google TV do you have? Is it the, just a uh, review? Uh, what did they call it? The one that uh, the Logitech. Review, yeah, yeah the what's review? it called? The review, yeah, okay. the review, yeah. And um, and then I've got a, I have two TVs, one with, they're both Samsung, but one of them I can get a decent signals off the air with the rabbit ears, the other one can't. So they've got obviously more sensitive radio. You need in, to wrap tin foil in my one TV than the other. Tin foil on there. There it is, tin foil. Get yeah, I don't signal. know what the answer is. Have you guys tried, like, they have all kinds of uh, these kind of power boost, you know, hot um, active antennas, powered antennas. I tried one, and it didn't make any difference at all. Hmm. Um, and I've been too lazy to put up a rooftop antenna. I've only used the no. just a standard Walmart brand um, rabbit ears to help out some neighbors, yeah. and it really did make a difference just getting them over the air. HD signals. Um, I was I was impressed. Oh, yeah, the, my one TV with my one TV. I've got like a rabbit ears, and I got it. Uh, I don't even wear, probably just got it at Amazon. It's a cheesy rabbit ears, and it gets all the over all the over the air TV uh, signals. It's really cool. Nice. Um, but unfortunately, the, my other TV gets zip with that same antenna. So uh, that's a whole thing. You know, nobody publishes sensitivity. Data on the radios and their in TV, in, in receivers on TVs or things like the iPad. Like I found the iPad too has a really crappy radio in it. Yeah, there's always apps. Like I, I was looking just, at that with my Prime and my <laughs> Galaxy Nexus, comparing the difference between the signal ratios, the decibels that they were both picking up in different places of the house. And like the Prime was getting a way, way less of a signal than the Nexus was. And that, and that's a yeah. tablet. I would have expected the opposite of that. And everybody's might be different. It depends on how it was made, I guess. But that's the yeah, thing. I, nobody published. Nobody publishes specs on radio sensitivity. Right. You know, I, 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 let me give you a tip. Go to a website, and it's Antenna Web. That's all one word. Antenna Web, uh-huh. one word, dot O-R-G. Hmm. And, I'm going to write that. Yeah, and uh, down on that the home screen for that page, you'll see Connections Guide. So click Connections Guide, and that's going to take you to uh, an inter- interactive site that they do, let you enter your uh, uh, le- enter your zip code and your home address, and it'll tell you what television stations you can reach and how far away they are and what direction they are. You know, here in I mean, L.A., we have a, a pretty unique thing. The towers are all pretty much in the same place on Mountain this Mount Wilson. Yeah. Uh, so that it's going to all be the same. Um, 
And it, it and depends, I, you know. yeah, on your landscape. Yeah. Our stuff up here in in the northwest Montana is is we don't have very good lines lines of sight uh, here. So and you might have different yeah. in your area. I've got a good line of sight. It's just <laughs> it's too far away. All right. But well, the let's, thing is, yeah, I, I've tried the very same antenna with the same orientation on my crappy TV, and it gets nothing. On the good TV, it's rock solid and, and uh, beautiful. Larry, a question for you: What's the What's the content you get from Roku that you find most compelling? Okay, I've got to tell you, just like in your case, my wife is the major customer, yeah. um, but she watches tons of stuff on Netflix. Uh, yeah. The kids, I <laughs> mean, SpongeBob. I love, I love SpongeBob yeah. too. I got to tell so you. So it's an interface. Oh, for, <laughs> it's oh an, no! You don't like SpongeBob? Man, I'm so sick of SpongeBob. It's just Larry, Larry Press, my SpongeBob. idea about you is a, it just exploded. That's the quote of the show right there, Larry Press. Yeah. I love SpongeBob. But oh, so man. at that SpongeBob rocks. The Roku's just a, a pass through for Netflix to get it on the TV. You could just no, as easily it's, it's got way more than just it's Does it's it do got, more than that? It's got apps oh, yeah. and stuff or they've what? Got, they've got Amazon Prime, they've got uh, Well what I was thinking CBS is you could and, you could replace PC that boots. with like a tablet or something with those apps on it that had like an HDMI out instead of having a box that just kind of sits there. That way you have something that you take with you and kind of use for more than just a, a TV set. Like a Roku's just a TV pass, right? It doesn't have a, it's not a thing you can, it's not like a tablet or any, a computer really. No, it's not. It's There's a set top. It's not. It's got its own little app. Okay. It's just a set top. Right, right. Exactly. It's got a, a quote store. A dedicated and it, there's I don't yeah, and I'm not sure that you can get everything in that store on your uh with a web browser on a tablet. And maybe you can, but maybe you can't. I'm not sure to tell the truth. Hmm. That'd be interesting. Someone should write that up. Yeah. <laughs> so All right, Ann, well, what's the configuration yeah. at your place? Well, I'm running a uh, Linux computer and I have what's called Plex Media Server on the Linux computer. And with my Google TV, I have the Plex Media Server client that allows me to, to pull up videos that I have stored on the computer um, or even downloaded television shows and so forth because I have the, the Logitech review just like Larry. And mm -hmm. some things you just can't watch on that Chrome browser because the Chrome browser is so slow, you know, so... Yeah. If you, is it if the browser to get your, or is yeah, it the hardware? See, I, at one time I thought it was processing as well, but... It's not. No, but I mean, just pulling up Google.com, that's a white page. Are you just waiting you know? for the browser to initially open, or once it's open, it's slow rendering the HTML? No, no it's the whole shebang. Really? You know? just, just, I mean, right. just pulling up the address bar, it, it's... It's really, really slow. Should root I mean, that sucker. <laughs> well, I've been looking. I bet. But, um, there ain't no so custom I, ROMs I, for the review, son. Right, you know. <laughs> so I just said, well, I have content on my home computer. I can just serve it up since they're all on the same internal network. And Plex was the best option for me at the time. Um, I like the interface on it, and it'll, it'll read just about whatever directories I have. Um, it doesn't do any of the transcoding that I was talking about earlier. Um, that's what the computer's for, to, to make sure that it's a format that the Logitech review can actually display on the television. Is it doing that but, um, on the fly? Yeah, it's doing it on the fly. Oh, I bet it likes that. 
Yeah, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> but it, I, I love Plex Media Server. I've had some other software in the past. I used to use PlayStation 3 Media Server because I use my PlayStation 3 the same way just to consume content. And um, there's another freeware out there for people that doesn't have a um, Linux machine. It's called Tiversity, TVversity. And it's the same thing of allowing you to add RSS feeds and podcasts and transcodes on the fly, uses your existing library. I mean, there's there's tons of options out there. It's just finding what best fits your network and more so best fits your hardware because I had an old computer at one time and was doing all of this stuff, you know. Very cool. Ant, is there any content that, that Google's got that uh... – that Roku doesn't have that you like? Do you watch Google stuff? The Google um, Store stuff? Or whatever they I've been watching a few things. I've been watching a few things on there. They have this one app called Redux. I believe that's how you pronounce it. And it goes out mm-hmm. and scrapes a lot of different items from uh, YouTube, uh, whether it's a documentary or a, some of the podcast channels pop up on there. Um but some of the more intriguing things I've seen was like they have a science channel and it just just got a lot of different uh, content on there that's sort of out of the blue that you don't necessarily think about. I want to say I watched something on Fun Guy Sunday night, you know. <laughs> Get a dose of mycology while you're in there. That's cool. I was like, wait a minute, who who cares yeah. about mushrooms? But I probably I watched an hour of this stuff on mushrooms that I had no idea about. You That's know so I mean? awesome. <laughs> I'm totally a hobby <laughs> mycologist, and I find that fascinating. That's, yeah. that's even... That's even weirder than SpongeBob. But, I mean, it, it's, it's yeah, probably I... pretty comparable to the Roku. I can't say that it's any better. Mm-hmm. You know, it just depends but on... But you can watch all case. the YouTube stuff. Right. The YouTube, and the YouTube app is 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 great. I really enjoy that. I pulled yeah. up the um, I pulled up some Steve Jobs stuff not too long ago, and just went through all of his different keynotes, and it was just just seamless. So I it's like a curator of sorts, yeah. and then it presents it to you in a way that's kind of reminds you of watching television, right? Oh, in or in their words, in a lean back fashion. <laughs> oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> that's what they like to call lean, it, lean back. back. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Very well, I'd like to just quickly pull us over to the dark side and just say that if you can get yourself a good invite to a good, solid, private torrent site with a good community, I haven't missed a beat, allegedly, of like any TV shows I've been watching. And I don't have to like pick and choose. And like if, if something airs on one channel, like I'm not stuck to watching it when it airs, which is really cool. And I, 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 it's, it's quick. If you find a good, like South Park just aired like two hours ago and I already watched it before we started this. And well, Matt, I just want to say, if you, if you have the, I just said, I just want to say if you're safe and you, you give back and you share and you do end up buying those things eventually once they make it out to whatever. And however you rationalize it, if you feel, if you need to rationalize it, go ahead. I'm I'm a part-time pirate, so yes, I am on torrent sites, and yes, my television shows, probably 70% of them, <laughs> are through torrents, just like yours. That's the and best cord-cutter yeah. way. I've been 
10 years yeah. plus doing I mean, it. I haven't seen a TV These shows come ad. on tonight, and they'll, they'll be loaded up on my yep. computer within about two hours. And in and HD. And I can watch them right then in with H- no commercials. HD and commercial yeah, HD. free. It's brilliant. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I don't I want to take us there, but I just I feel like you need to know that there are other alternatives that you're not going to like search for something and get loaded down with malware. Like, hey. there are good, clean, uh, uh, allegedly, alternatives. Hey, hey Mad, Mad, I think I hear someone knocking at your back door. <laughs> the helicopters. <laughs> yeah, really? No, I'm just, you know, there's, there's hey, ways you can be... are we allowed to be... talk about this kind of thing? Of course. It's okay. I feel We're like... all on VPN right now. They can't get our IPs. I, right I'm now. just, I oh, feel yeah. like there's... People need to know that if they're going to do that, don't do it on LimeWare because you're going to get caught. Don't do it on yeah. like the pirate. Like they need to know that there are safe ways, and you don't have to be a super tech hacker to like know how to do this stuff. You just have to take a minute and think about how it works. And and then, like I said, go out there and throw a buck out there. Go buy something off of Amazon here and there. Give back sometimes. Something, you know. You know I mean, <laughs> I go every time I see a yard sale and I see Nintendo games because I own the the May, the ROM collection. I I always like pick and choose a few that I that I don't have yet. So just just in case <laughs> they're like, "Where'd you get those?" And I'll say, "Oh, I ripped them off of my cartridges." <laughs> <laughs> right. So you know, you know. You do want to. You, I, I get that, and I understand it, and it's cool. You do want to think about the artists who create this stuff. I'm and here. I'm not talking about the studios or the necessarily the publishers, but the artists themselves. That's true. Who, yep. who create this content? And in the long term, we need a we need some sort of system that lets the artists make a living off of their artistic uh, creative work. Absolutely, and I have a Netflix streaming account for my Prime, and that you know, that, there but you go. some things you just can't get on there. I'm not getting the new episodes of South Park on there. If they were, I would pay a little extra for it, sure. But it's just not offered. So yeah. until that happens, you know, I'm not gonna go get a full TV package for one channel. That's stupid. And you're yeah, showing yeah. me ads? Uh, uh-uh. uh. That's no thanks. Not happening. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm yeah, cutting no, the cable as much as I can. TV is alien to me when I watch it like on air, like at my mom's house or something, and I see the commercials. I'm so blown away by how blatantly over the top they've gotten since I was a kid. And just like they're not even trying to hide the fact that they're completely brainwashing you. They're just like bright colors, buy this, it's awesome. Like I feel so bad for people that are plugged into that, you know, for hours a day. Yeah, yeah, but if nobody saw the commercials, what Mike's saying is true. I mean, something this stuff has to get paid for. It's true. Um, I feel like there's a less skeezy yeah. way to do it than brainwashing your people's kids. I don't know. Maybe not. But <laughs> anyway, I, let's I shift ho- gears. I hope we find a better way. I, we should as a society, as a whole. Yeah. And, and if not, just do what I do and just make enough content crap online that it makes up for everything you've stolen and just give it away for free. That's what I do. I write a song for every album That's I've true. downloaded. I put so I put tons of stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying. Free. I sleep just fine at night. I'm just saying. And you know what? Usher still has twenty billion dollars worth of cars in his garage. It doesn't even matter. Nothing matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's shift gears. And so we've talked about uh, home theater stuff. Let's talk about something else we get a lot of questions about, and that's. Which Android phone should I buy? This is something that I again, Mike. I think you were 
uh, want to talk about that you're you're looking to take the dive are you going what are you coming from into that world what well i'm glad you asked because this is very current on my mind i've got an apple 3gs and i'm ready to pitch this puppy and i'm tired of the apple lock-in ecosystem and uh, i don't quite feel like windows phone 7 is there so I'm really thinking that Android is my solution. But then when I look at the Android marketplace, or I, I, you know, I look at the market for Android phones, it's really confusing. Mike, it's called Google Play. <laughs> if you would yeah, please, I know, I know. we're trying to make a brand here. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I see that a lot too in offices I deliver to that the people that work there, like secretaries and stuff, they all have these cool Android phones, but they're they're all like running so slow because they have no idea what's going on. They loaded them up with apps, or they don't know the the. There's a certain finesse I feel like you have to to work with in an Android environment that it takes to keep yeah. your device running smoothly. But once you get there, like it, I feel like it's great. And, so and, what, you know, what do you have to do to what what do you mean a certain finesse like well like you, mine for instance i've learned over the months of using it that when i switch it from wi-fi to 3g i have to reboot the phone so that it'll connect to 3g <laughs> most other people might just say oh my 3g's broken but see you figure things out like that and until they fix them and and it, i always turn on anonymous usage statistics to help them you know the developers see mm-hmm. when it crashes or when it doesn't connect and it's supposed to that you know they can help make it better but some people are uh, they don't like doing that cuz of privacy and matt what's your what's your what's the phone you've got today because i'd be a little i'd be a little spooked about having to reboot every time i want to switch yeah, from really. 3g to uh Wireless. Yeah, it's a small price to pay for a a dual core Galaxy Nexus, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's just mine, but it's annoying. You've got the you've got the new Galaxy Nexus. Is Mm -hmm. that the? I think it's something on the network because not everybody's is doing it. So hopefully it'll get fixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's doing it. It's weird. It's only when it's on Wi-Fi for a long time. Like if I just turn it on Wi-Fi for like two minutes or three minutes and then turn it back, it connects right up. But if I leave it on like all day, like when I get off work in the morning, when I leave for work again, it won't connect until I reboot it. So I I don't know. But um, there's so many choices you have. What what pushed you over the edge to make you get rid? Was it just the silo you, you feel you're in or what did it? Well, it's it's the silo, I guess. It's uh, you miss you know, Steve to, Jobs. To tell you, no, to tell, oh. you the, to tell you the truth, and this is just sort of a personal thing. I don't, I don't like the Apple attitude, and uh, I never much have. So I've run more Windows applications and computers and have more Windows devices than I have Apple devices. And Well, that I makes sense. The, I bought the iPhone because I wanted to try it, and it, it is a great device, but the current iPhone is old. Uh, I'd love a newer, faster device. The, the 3GS has slowed down over time, and uh, I'd like a bigger screen. Android so, is the way to go, my friend. Especially if you want a bigger screen, because your bigger only other screen is what's, really rings a bell with me. What's your other alternative? Getting an iPad, and I mean that's not. I mean, 
you have two sizes. Yeah. But so you posed, somebody wrote a question here. It says, why should I get any sort of smartphone when I have a feature phone and I have a laptop pretty well glued to my lap? And I have, I have just one answer, and that's children. If you have a laptop glued to your lap, you might not be able to have children. So you would want to get a, a smart device. <laughs> that was me, and I don't think I'm going to be having any oh, children. Well, in your case, don't worry about I've been it, there, Larry. done that. <laughs> don't worry about it then. But I feel like uh, having a laptop is so bulky, and I hate waiting for it to boot up. And I, I used to carry around a netbook at work all the time, but now I carry around this tablet, and it's on right away. The battery life is great. I can hop it onto my Galaxy Nexus as a Wi-Fi spot, and like I can do anything. Pretty much, I haven't run into really much. I haven't. I can't do on my my tablet that I was doing on my netbook. It's just, it's just less bulky. I feel. I don't know. And it, and there's more uses for it. Through. Well, I wouldn't apps. want to carry my lap. It was me that said that. I wouldn't want to. I carry my laptop when I go to the school. I carry it to school once. Then I bring it home once. Uh, but I don't carry it around. You know, it it only moves when I change offices. Um, I don't know. My no, office. I want to carry it around in my. Papers. My office is my vehicle, so it comes with me everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, different yeah. use cases. And see, for you, maybe yeah. maybe a feature phone. That's definitely going to be a lot cheaper. Especially you already have the laptop. You're not going to invest five or six hundred bucks in a new tablet, and then another four or five hundred in a smartphone. You know, you just have. So that's that's a little better. Mike, what other uh, questions did you have? Was that? Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you. The other question I have is: is I, I've sort of because of the, uh, the the way I get my phone service, I'm probably locked into AT and T, and that's uh, going to be a limiting factor on the device I get. See, and that's now. the other thing you have to think about. Like here, where I'm at in in Montana, all we really had was Verizon, and now we're just starting to get AT and T. But like for I've I'm locked into Verizon because I've been with them. I'm grandfathered into the unlimited plan for data. Like I don't want to even as much as I I would like to try a different carrier here. I don't yeah. want to give up. I don't want to have to start over. You know, I've been there for so long. I don't want to monitor yeah, yeah, yeah. my data did, usage. Did you, That's ludicrous. Did you guys, did you guys follow the link I put on the on our uh, doc for to, Ting? Uh, Ting 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 is a very their interesting plan is so attractive. Ting yeah. reminds me a little bit of Republic Wireless, just a little bit, but maybe I don't know. It, it's another way to disrupt the normal monopolies. Maybe some carriers might want to have, uh, and the more competition, they're, the better. The more choices, that's awesome. Yeah. So tell us about uh, Larry. They're they're reselling. Well, they're reselling Sprint. So I guess it won't work in Mon rural Montana or something, but I have Sprint coverage in in my neighborhood. Um, and the pricing is just, instead of having, you know, pick one of three plans and, and that's it, the pricing is way flexible. You've got, you pick the you data, you pick your voice, you pick your messaging all separately. You can set them to all different levels. And the thing that's cool is if you don't use whatever you've signed up for, it's you don't lose it, and it's not even that you just get credit next month for more minutes. You get your money back. I mean, it's it's oh, really. Oh man, <laughs> is, is that cool? If you run over, you pay a small, you know, a, a, the same marginal rate per minute. I mean, it just sounds. It's essentially. I don't see why they don't just say, uh, you know, we've got variable like variable pricing and just and do away with the whole idea of setting levels. So if the they're levels I've... are like estimates, they're not commitments so larry if they're basically yeah. just reselling a larger carrier how are they able to 
I don't get how they're able to do that. Why why isn't the carrier just doing that then? That's the, I don't I don't get I, that. I'm you have to ask the guys at Sprint. I I'm obviously Sprint's letting them do it cuz they're doing it. Right, yeah. Uh and so the question is why doesn't Sprint do it? And my guess is that Ting's going to have way lower margins than Sprint. Mm. Right. Uh, yeah. And but hey, why not? I mean, if they can do it and they, I, one worry I would have about Ting, it sounds too good to be true. Maybe they won't be here in 3 months. But you know, it's it's the same guys that did two cows. Yeah, and yeah. Been, I so also, Two Cows has been around forever. I hear they advertise on podcasts. We should uh, look into that. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah, yeah no, but, the way I heard of it, I think, was on uh, twit. Twitter on some, yep. on some <laughs> podcast. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Now, Mike, my concern is, well, at least my advice to you is if, if you know you're going to stick with AT&T, they right. have a slew of Android phones in there, and yeah. you know everyone talks about fragmentation across the board. But see, that's Android. what they say, though. This is only good if you have the money to get the phone because you're not getting a subsidized price like with the major yeah. carrier. So, for example, like they say here, an X, a Galaxy S2 4G, which is a, a decent phone. It's a really nice phone. You're going to drop $465 on that. Granted, you will... You're talking about Ting. Right. Yeah. And granted, yeah, you have you, to buy the phone. You will make up for it eventually via your lower prices month to month on the phone bill, but most people get locked into these contracts because they can't afford a $600 smartphone to bring to a carrier like this. But if you can, that's probably the way to go. No, what I was, I was By just the saying, way, Ting, ours... Ting is no contract. It's month to month. Right. Wow. What, Ant? Yeah. I was just saying, you know, what he should do is if he's going to go the route of AT&T, for example, go and he's going to have to put his hands on those phones because yeah. that the user experience is so different, you know, from phone to phone. Um, Samsung is one way. LG is another way. Uh, HTC is another user experience. And some people they have different preferences you know personally i don't like the lg ui but I, i'd rather have the samsung ui well and, and check it out it's not only ui it's how the 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 device looks like my droid x screen looks way yeah. different than my galaxy nexus screen you have a pentile display compared to uh, i forget what uh, droid what motorola is just an oled right but yeah, an OLED. And, so, and that differs device to device, depending on what the manufacturers go with. Some of them have Gorilla Glass on them. Some of them don't. I, like, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, some of them have chips that play better with LTE. Some of them don't. You know, there's a lot to really think about. But if, if you're making the dive into it, like, that's just, I guess, part of it, which isn't yeah, well, how it should be, is it? I've been asked a few times from people here locally, and my standard answer is, okay, what are you doing Saturday? Okay, I'm doing nothing. I say, well, right. go in and spend, spend at least 30 to 40 minutes in that store. Tell the representative to just leave you alone, and you just, I hate saying it like this, fondle the phones. <laughs> and, and if it feels right in your hands, that's, that's the one for you. That's probably the most important. And, and then I think that's the best advice I've had. That's good advice. And then after mm. you do that, you pay somebody like me 50 bucks and I'll go down there with you and then we'll really fondle the phones. It'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. And where, what kind of carriers do you have, Mike? I can kind of give you like a, a, a phone to maybe start with to work your way up from if, if, if I know what carrier you're on. Uh, I, I'm prob it's probably going to be AT&T. Okay. Unless I go with this Ting. 
Galaxy S2. That's it. Or wait for uh, I don't know. They're they're gonna have the Note, don't they? Have the Note? The Note's kind of cool, man. Note. You might want to look at the Note. That's the phablet. Okay. That's really big, though. Yeah, well, yeah. it's a it's a phone tablet. I can't even call yeah. it a phablet, Ant. I can't do it. <laughs> it's a big oh, phone. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a not bone. a phone either. These, these things aren't phones at all. They're just computers. It's a device, yeah. dude. I honestly like the the Note because I have big hands. I right? do too. I've held that thing in my hand and it feels just perfectly fine for me. I have big you know, and pants. Everyone talks about, well, what are you about holding it up to your face or whatever? I don't care what it looks like holding the phone. Well, who do talks on their phone? Why are you holding a phone to your face anyway, man? That's not you know, good. I, I already hate talking on the phone anyway, I know. so that's a non-issue like for send me. Send me a text message. Are you illiterate? <laughs> <Right>. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's probably a good one to start. Any of would the you, newer would Samsung... Would you want to carry one of those notes around in your pocket? If I have big pants, you carry man. carry these things in your pockets, I have right? big pockets. Yeah. I mean, my Droid X is 4.3 inches already, and it stays in my you pocket. You know what Samsung did right, though, with the Galaxy Nexus? It's curved just enough that if I put it in my pocket this way, like it, it I don't even feel it there because it's curved. It's so weird. But That's, that's nice. Yeah, okay, that's so that, that those are going to be my two choices, I think, the Note. And the Galaxy S, Galaxy S2. Or wait S2. for the Nexus to get there. I mean, they're they're dropping a bunch of new phones, like, in the next couple months. So you might even want to wait to get, you know, you want to start with the newest one. But that way, by yeah. the time your contract's up, you'll still be okay. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, how you want one, like, right now? No, I mean, I, the the phone I have works. I could I could wait another month or two if it's... Yeah. Yeah. Might that be a, always, won't it always be another cool phone two well, months from Well, you're right on the, on the edge of that time frame. So because of that, I would say wait. But yeah, usually, I mean, there's always going to be new stuff. But right now you're looking at in the next month or two, all a lot of the stuff that was announced at Mobile World Congress is going to start getting released. And that's, you know, the, the new Evos and the new Samsung lines and all that. So all right, it's up to you. You'll probably be happy with whatever you get if you go in there and get one right now. I mean, the, the S2 is fast and nice it is very fast so moving on historic screw-ups today oh yeah well, last time we we got off I, I told one historic which was it it was some historic screw. this up. is a new bit oh, yeah, on not, our show right yeah when i didn't understand that this web thing was uh i didn't understand what the hell all the excitement was about and then y'all said do you want to do some other historic screw-ups and i've got a couple of them but I didn't want to, uh, be, you know, hog the whole thing up. I, I also got a few things right, but uh, you know, big things. But I, I didn't want to. I could give you five or six, but I don't want to take up all that. Well, bandwidth. save them, and each week give us a couple historic screw ups. All right, I put a couple. Ads. I put a couple on the, uh, on that show note. Gather around, kitties. Uncle Larry's going to oh, tell yeah, you a story. Was it way back in the day? I was at a homebrew computer club meeting, which was like a hobby club up in the. In, in Palo Alto at, at Stanford, and those were they were really cool meetings. Mike, were you ever at one of those? You're in the Bay Area. You know, I, back in those years, I was down in LA, and there was an LA Computing Club that was somewhat similar. Yeah, the, you're the Southern Larry. California Computer Society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, I was really I was in that. No wow. kidding. Maybe yeah, we rubbed shoulders. Do you, rem- do you remember the <laughs> magazine SCCS Interface? Yeah, I do. I, in fact, I was the editor. 
No kidding. No kidding, I, man. I, I'll tell you my... Where did you my, live, Mike? <laughs> Pacific Palisades. Okay. No, I, 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 I thought you, we were going to discover we were next-door neighbors. <laughs> I'll, tell you the, I'll tell you my claim to fame about that one was going to one of those really, really early shows for me and sitting next to this nerdy guy who had some software in Ziploc bags, uh, and he was selling this software. It was like $5 per bag. And I asked him his name, and it was Peter Norton. Oh, I re Peter Norton. I I totally knew him in those days. We almost yeah. shared an office together down in Venice. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. All right. So, um, that is, Larry, is this the yeah. same homebrew computer those were club? The good old days. Is this the same one that okay. uh, Waz and and uh, Jobs were at? Yeah. In fact, that's my Delisa? that's my story. My no kidding. Up. I was at a. <laughs> A homebrew computer club meeting, and the way it was, the way the Stanford Linear Accelerator Auditorium is, it's kind of like a an amphitheater. There's a stage down below, and then seats all up around it, kind of slanting up. And then behind that, there's a a walkway where where uh, uh, where where people walk in. So the way the deal works is there'd be a a um, what we call a random access session. And anybody that want to could just stand up and shout out, hey, I'm having a problem. Can somebody help me? Or, hey, I've got something cool. You want to see what it is? So Wozniak stood up and, you know, holds up this wire wrap Apple One uh, board and says, oh, I got this really cool computer. And if anybody wants to try to build one, I'll give you a copy of the <coughs> schematic. And, okay, that was cool. Then after the meeting, back on this walkway up above the, the seats, uh, they have card tables set up, and so uh, this kid, Steve Jobs, is standing behind one of the card tables talking about these Apple II computers that this other kid had just talked about. So I go up to him and say, hey, that's kind of cool what you're doing. They were talking about they're doing a lot of stuff in uh, firmware instead of hardware. It's cool design. And um, just what Mike said, at that time I was editor of this uh, SCCS interface, which was a, you know, it was a national magazine. We, they, they, that club kind of, that's a whole other story, why it burned and, and exploded. But it, at any rate, we had a, a national magazine. On the next, yes. So I, yeah, really. So I said um, to this kid, Steve Jobs, I never met him, never heard of him, would you write an article about your computer for my magazine? And he looks at me and he says, no, I won't write an article, but if you will give me the entire issue, I will write an issue. And I said, wow. you, I didn't say it, but I just thought to myself, you stupid, arrogant kid, God, get out of here, and walked away. And instead, I should have said, certainly, write an issue. In retrospect, that was a big mistake. Wow. Who knew? But he, Yeah, who knew? And you know the truth, he was um, literally a kid. I mean, he's just a guy with long hair and sandals. Um, but that arrogance, I think, really, I mean, he really, he, that arrogance gave him the strength to become what he was. Yeah, he didn't settle um, for, I got to agree with he you He didn't there. settle. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, even though he was arrogant, and I've, I've met him a couple times after, and I know people that know him pretty well, everybody thinks he's uniformly was a nasty kind of a guy. Um, uh, but I think that really, he had a real, 
he knew what he wanted and he wasn't into compromise. Is that though, was that him or was that what his environment turned him into? And I just go off of what I've seen in the documentaries and the movies and, you know, Pirates of Silicon Valley and stuff. And it almost seems like he's just a product of, of that environment, you know, but I don't, who knows? You know, well, I don't know. I would say just based on that little contact, and I, I can't really speak, but Wozniak was, was more typical. Like, what you know, well, after a true, homebrew huh? computer club out, meeting, totally different. all these guys that were competing with each other, Chrome Emco and Processor Technology, uh, you know, Digital Research, the guys that were all ostensible competitors, they'd all go have beer and talk to each other. And it, it was much more, uh, it, it was heavy duty business and Wozniak was like that I mean he was wanting to just, you know he'd give you the schematics if you wanted to wire wrap one of these things That's but cool. I think Jobs was more of a he was a businessman um, you know probably from the day, the day day one you know uh, it was more of kind of a hippie sharing kind of a culture uh, for a lot of guys I've been listening to that audio book and, and they talked a lot about that homebrew club oh, yeah. and um, uh-huh. I I, I Everything you said, that's that's exactly how they put it in the book. It was just a ho- a bunch of hobbyists and hackers, and they all wanted to share, you know. And and Wozniak said it yeah. several times in that book. I was just going to give the apple away. I didn't care, you know. He just wanted to give it away. And of course, Steve was like, "Heck, no! We we're going to make fifty dollars off of this. We're going to make two hundred dollars <laughs> off of this, and so forth." But another thing about Steve, when you talked about far as people saying he was just a, a jerk and whatnot. I just think he's binary. You know, it, it's black or it's white. There's no gray area. And everything that they that has been said in this book, it's it's it was all binary. You know, your product is good or, in his words, your product is shit. So you're saying that he was, was a <laughs> he was basically a dick because people didn't like the truth or what he had to say about them per- personally because it was either this way or that way. That, that's and the same has been said about me, so I can relate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are kind of a you dick, seem, man. No, I, you seem a lot nicer than he did. I hate to tell you. No, you no, arrogant I mean, bastard. If, really if Mike no asked him what you know, phone to get, he'd tell him. <laughs> I'd make him no pay me fifty bucks to me. go down there, but then I'd tell him. <laughs> wow, that's really cool, man. It's cool hearing these stories from you guys that were there because I, I, I miss. I wasn't even a thought back then that's really uh, neat. No. i've read about this stuff and it's really interesting to to hear it from you guys that were there that's cool we gotta do that every episode i want something like yes. that yes yes so you got one more quick one we got about 15 minutes left in the show or should we just move on what do you want um screw up or... hey let's 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 look at the the google um the glasses. glasses project. Yeah, I'm interested to hear what you guys uh-huh. have to say. We we kind of mentioned this on the Android show, and I think it's it's interesting. Somebody in the comments at slash dot mentioned that you know it, the more these become and, and we wear them every day, our brains are going to get used to them and used to having that extra signal there. And then you get rid of them, and you're just you don't know how to function. <laughs> and that could really be transformative. I think that that's real. I thought of that. That was really interesting. But Google Glasses, of course. I, I, I want I want them. I want them now. I want to play with them. Augmented reality. That that's that's the missing piece, I feel like. We have the apps, we have the processing. All we need is a good way to view them. 
I don't have the slightest idea what I could do with them, but they sound cool. I just think of all the augmented reality apps that make you have to hold your tablet or your phone up like this. Now you'll just have it right there and you won't have to. Exactly. Yeah. But pretty interesting. So come on, give me a use case. Let let me be the skeptical guy. A use case. Would amount to anything. All right. I mean, I want to walk down the street, and all of a sudden, I I look at Ant, and a little bubble goes over his head. Say, no, no, no. I got a better use case. I've I've rooted mine and hacked them up a little bit, and now I'm a stalker, and I want it to show me all of the females within a two mile radius from where I'm at with poor lighting on the sidewalks. Hey, and it there's just, Android. There's Android apps. It just Android draws a path now. right there are, to it. Are there not? I'm sure there are. No, but Siri, aren't there can't you do that with your cell phone right now? You could if probably you download Layer and have it, it have it go in. through all of the databases and show anything that shows male or female. I'm, I'm sure you could figure out a way to do it if you really want oh, to. Oh, yeah. There's got to be a way, especially with people it. like Foursquare no, I, out there, you know? Yeah. Exactly. I think, that, I think that application exists, and why do I need to see it in little, you know, projected onto glasses? Because why you don't want to hold your dumb phone? phone up in front of your face while you're walking down the street. Come on, man. No, it's because I've just got a feature phone. That's the <laughs> <laughs> This is going to do wonders for people feature, getting hit by cars. Feature phone at Google Glasses. <laughs> is Google Glasses for sure going to be a product, or it's, is it still a rumor? They've released a video. I don't know. Here's uh, it's in the dock at the very bottom there if you want to check it out. But yeah, there's an interesting video that that has uh, it's 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 not how everyone's going to use them. It's like what you could possibly do with them. You know, it, it's and it's yeah, really sure. early. I mean, these are just this is like first revision stuff. Ray Kurzweil uh, predicted this stuff in like 2019, so th- this is really early iterations of it. But it's really interesting to see. And I'm kind of curious to see people, like, try to make their owns and just, like, burn their eyeballs up with, you know, not getting it right or something. I can see a lot well, of that happening. Well, now, look at this compared to Siri when, when that was, was put oh, out yeah. and how the use cases for that was, was out there. Well, look at it talk to it, my phone. That's dumb. <laughs> you know, and, and people was like, why, why do I want to use Siri? And people um, – There was a whole later, Big Bang Theory <laughs> episode about it. I mean, come on. Yeah, people later got into it. Now, granted, Siri has its bugs and issues just like any other software. That's code, but, man. It's written by humans. Humans are yeah. error prone. But do you guys, okay, none of you guys have Siri, right? You all have Android phones. Yeah. Well, I did have a Siri-like app on here way before Siri was popular, right. <laughs> and, it, you, and it worked fairly well. I hated you, Siri Do you use it a lot, though? I mean, I don't anymore, but at one time I was just for for looking up quick things around town um, and also just playing jokes on the kids, just asking it random <laughs> questions and things like that. Yeah. You know, I, I remember asking my phone one time, do you like the iPhone? And it said something to the effect Kill of, me. I'm, a, I'm a classy phone and I'm not going to have that, that type of discussion or something like that. <laughs> you know, like it didn't want to trash the iPhone, you know. Weird. So, I mean, it's, it's fairly, fairly smart apps out there. But again, this was all pre-Siri and pre But think about it, too. This is still really early in the overall scheme or timeline of of smartphones in general. Like, my last Windows 5.0 phone was terrible, but and what we have now is much better. Much, much better. And it's only going to get even better. But I want the glasses for sure. Yeah, you know, going back into old days mode, I mean, that kind of 
you know, those helmets, those virtual, re- they were glasses. Oh, they, I remember they, around, they were around many, many years ago. But see, I think, uh, I think virtual Lanier reality is different than augmented reality. Augmented reality is taking what you see and overlaying things on top yes. of the information. So virtual reality is creating your whole view with tactile feedback and everything. Like that, those are two different things. I want them both, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's true. You were immersed in those helmet displays. You were yeah, immersed that, in that world. Do you remember but the I virtual guess boy? You could have piped if you wanted to. You could have piped in a, a window with the real world. Uh, you, you could have. All you need is a camera. Helmet. I don't recall anybody doing it exactly. Very cool. Only a concept at the time. I like. But Larry, to- let me let me ask you. Don't you think ten? 20 years from now that we're going to be interacting with our computers by voice and it's going to be all about oh, voice yeah. voice that's, that's, conversation. That's a different story. If it's yeah, not I, all. I really, I really want a really good, uh, I don't really, Siri until the data, the back end is worked out probably isn't going to change my life. I can, <laughs> I don't go to Wolfram Alpha that long. No, I don't go to Wolfram Alpha much with my laptop, so I don't know that I want to do it with my Siri either. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, there I am being a naysayer again. But, yeah, I really want I want good speech-to-text badly. Why do you want speech-to-text have... when you could have thought-to-text? Now, that's what I want badly. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I'm not even talking. And eventually. Because I, we'll... I don't want to have any surgery on my little brain. I'll stick with. That's why I saw. I don't want wires installed in my ears. I saw a comment on the slash dot about the people are going to get implants next. And someone's like, I got implants. You know what they do? They stick a needle in your eye. <laughs> and they're like, how many people are, are really going to want to do that when it comes down to it? And I, I think a small subsection of the of of us, but in twenty years we'll be the computers. Don't even worry about that. But to answer Mike, say I I totally want voice input. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Android does good voice rack, especially if you turn it on and let it train with your voice. Yeah, it truly does. It truly does. When it's it works, good, uh, I I've yeah. also noticed when it's when it's having problems, it'll just type out random like ha ha cream pie or something like it totally just spits out random stuff it's really funny some of the stuff it comes up with when it's not working right you can definitely and, tell and you know dragon naturally speak is is really up there like not yeah. once, you've, once you've trained it which takes about 15 minutes yeah. it's up there about 99 percent accuracy on dictation and I don't do this, but I know people who do a lot of dictation using Dragon instead of keying in text. Having this Android phone and using that, that speech-to-text um, input from time to time, you would think my Google Voice transcription would do a much better job um, when mm. it goes to transcribe my voicemails. Because um, I'm like, isn't this the same people, you know? doing all of this this engineering in the background. Well, it could do that. get a voicemail that says something different. about fluffy one thing cats. That, <laughs> one thing that's different, it's different microphones. But I feel like, yeah, too, you're better training source, it. Input source. Uh, you're, right. you're training it with your voice. In order for that to work, you would have to train it with everybody's voice who is in your contact list, and then well, it might work people better. go to Mountain View and get their voices trained? I know, what the, and drop your DNA off and you know while you're at it. Fingerprints, DNA. There, there you go again. And voice voice transcription. 
let me ask you guys a question. Like, okay, you're telling me Android speech to text is pretty good now. Is it also well? And my dream is to sit and read, and instead of making marginal notes with a pencil, just um, mumble my notes with words and and have them, you know, be. Yes, you can do that like with Evernote on, an, of the, on is, Android. Is that is that work real smoothly? That yes. integration between, say, uh, um, say I'm reading an Amazon book. Can, is it a pro? Can, have they got the interface between the speech to text and other running applications uh, well done? Yes, I think so. I take notes all the time while I'm driving just by hitting a button, and it makes it into an Evernote, and then it's on my laptop when I get home. It's key. That's about the only thing that I've done um, was Evernote, and it, it's all cloud based, you know. Evernote. Well, it works mm-hmm. too without a connection. It just waits to upload it till it gets a connection. But it, it's really smooth, and even Google Docs is starting to work better with it. But yeah, and it depends how much you've trained it too. I mean, it's all based on how much you've used it and what was up there yeah. in the cloud. Well, I'm le- I'm less asking about you know after you train it the percentage of errors it makes, but just the integration with other applications. Yeah, it's smooth anywhere there's a keyboard, uh, anywhere I, you can I would input like, text. That's what I, I do say I'd like to be able to be re- let's say reading a PDF file and speak my marginal notes. I got you. Can yeah. I do that? You would be reading a PDF file, yeah. and then you can would have it? to open your note file. Like if you had two devices, if you were reading on your tablet and taking yeah. notes on your phone, yeah, definitely. What yeah, you're worried? Oh, no, 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 no. I want to. It's I the multitasking. My, Listen, I want to read my rack. PDFs, marginal notes, have them associated with the the document at the point where I'm reading. Um, yeah, you need an. I'd app like to be to able do to do what you can do, like in in a Google Doc, and put those little comments. Only, only speak them instead of read them. Well, listen, any, the voice rec is tied to the keyboard. Anywhere there's a keyboard, it's on the keyboard. You just hit the microphone button. So anywhere you're inputting gotcha. text is where it's going to work. So, okay. yes. So if the, if the integration then – okay, then the – so I could do it with a Google Doc, for example. Right, anywhere there's a keyboard. It's tied to the keyboard, Except not the what document. would be the – there's got to be at least a spoken command to say no. annotate here or something. No, you it's, press the button. You just hit that little icon, the little microphone icon. Just like you were going to type. It's no, tied no, but, to the okay. keyboard. No, no, but where does the type? Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm back to the okay, – forget the PDF. When you would technically – listen, when right you would now, go to type – Right now, if I'm doing a Google Doc, yes. if I want to, I can click something yes. and put a little – uh, bubble note in the margin. Yes. Yeah. When your keyboard so I, comes, I have up? to do something to do that integrate that um, signal that hey, I'm ready to give them a, a marginal note at this point. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, you see what I'm saying? Um, yeah. You would have to open that, and when your keyboard came up in that little note section, then you would instead of typing, you would hit yeah. the mic button and talk. That's how you'd have to do it. Yeah. He just had to find act. He's what he's basically saying is where where can he put that activation point at? I mean, yeah, there's got to be something out of the out of the, yeah, some kind of a either you whistle and it knows it, you know, something in the channel. No, you're talking about making a a macro that's in the program that says when I do something, open up the comment revision section. You can't do that. You have to go into it, make the revision, and then when your keyboard comes up, hit the mic button and talk to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not, not it's not that fluid. <laughs> it's not, not yet. Yeah. Not but that's yet. where it needs to get. 
Well, yeah. they're doing that with... Like, um, you guys are talking about brain implants. Hell, I'll settle for what I just said. <laughs> I'll settle for a damn jetpack. Shit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, good show, guys. It's been fun, yeah. as always. Make sure you guys are subscribed on iTunes and uh, give us a good rating. Ant, thank you. Larry, Mike. My it's pleasure. Fun. It's yes. Always a pleasure. Yats, Ep3. Email us, the crew, at yetanothertechshow.com. And we'll catch you guys next week. Take care. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.